So if you have a white Nissan with an N sticker parked out the back, you need to move it. We're all going to close our eyes for 30 seconds. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to ask um, Jerry and Lucy to come up and join me now, please. So uh, good morning. Thank you for coming up. So this is, um, it'll be familiar that we've had uh, over the last few weeks an opportunity to pause after um, hearing the word. We believe that when uh, we, we, we come, we expect that the Lord to speak to us. He does speak to us through his word. And so it's an opportunity to say, so what have we heard? Uh, what have we heard um, this morning? And um, thank you, Andy, uh, for what you've prepared and the beauty of uh, what God does by his spirit that he speaks to each one of us in different ways. And so this is an opportunity just to draw that out before not everybody knows you. Um, but do, do you want to start by introducing yourselves? And then, uh, and then uh, from that, um, we're going to go on to that question about what is it, what is it that you heard? So. I guess I'll start. Uh. Um, yeah, so um, my name is Jerry. Um, I've been here uh, 12 years. Uh, I work as a, as a vascular surgeon, um, but that's not what I'm going to uh, be talking about. Um, I think the uh, the sermon, um, a couple of things. Uh, it, it reminded me of a time uh, when somebody close to me suffered from from anxiety desperately and. Uh, uh, and um, there's depression, and uh, uh, she was cutting up uh, her, her body, and um, we prayed uh, desperately for, uh, for, for a long time. And I remember feeling helpless and, and feeling heavy-hearted, um, but God answered our prayer uh, bit by bit. And one of the things was this uh, wonderful doctor. Uh, he's a psychiatrist, and he uh, prescribed medication. And uh, was um, was uh, answer to our prayer, and and uh, so I just want to just echo what uh, what Andy has said that uh, uh, if you are suffering and if you are um, incapacitated by by the anxiety, by depression, um, to 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 seek help help because there is help available, and um, and yeah, it uh, it can be an answer uh, to your prayers. Uh, the other point um, was, uh, as a vascular surgeon, I, I work and I see a lot of anxious people because uh, sometimes I, I tell people bad news and uh, I offer them uh, surgery that uh, causes pain and anxiety and it causes uh, complications and, and uncertainties. Uh, and often I, I find that uh, if I tell them that, uh, that I will be there, that I will see them through, that I will care for them, uh, it offers comfort, and but today we hear that in fact something more, somebody who is more wonderful than that, somebody who uh, is our Almighty God. Jesus tells us that He uh, will be there to see us through, and um, so I think that's wonderful news. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Jerry. Uh, Lucy, I ask you to hand over the uh, from this message that you heard. What what you heard that was relevant to you? Okay, so I'm Lucy. Um, I've been here for about 18 months, um, and uh, in thinking about um, addressing this question, I, 
I was trying to think how to introduce myself. I'd say that I have tried to manage low-level anxiety most of my life. Um, and at times, that low-level anxiety, I've slipped down that sw swimming pool and uh, found my head underwater. Um, and it's been through the help of very faithful family, my husband, Neil, and friends, that it hasn't slipped to the point of being depression. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, so that's the sort of um, position that I respond to this sermon from. Um, I took some notes as I went along. I think the key point for me was that the heavenly my Heavenly Father knows what I need. And this, in some ways, linked in with the sermon from last week on identity. So my identity isn't someone else's identity. It isn't that non-anxious person that I'd like to be. Uh, my identity includes the fact that I tend to be anxious um, and Knowing that I tend to be anxious, my father knows I tend to be anxious as well. My Heavenly Father provides for me in that. Um, and so I find that quite a helpful thought. It's me uh, that he knows what I need, and, it's, and it's, it's who I am. And I need to, in a sense, learn to accept that that's who I am. And sometimes I say to myself, I wear glasses. I don't have a big problem with that. Um, so why can't I treat anxiety in the same way? There's a certain shame I feel sometimes with being anxious about some things. Um, and just learning that that's actually it's just part of me and my Father knows what I need in that and my Heavenly Father will provide what I need in that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it, it's, it's offered, I think, in, uh, as we think about anxiety and as Andy said, you know, trying to, how do we relate and understand what this how this uh, feels like uh, for somebody who we know that we're, we're caring for and wanting to support. What is it like? I, I, I remember um, I was reflecting and particularly hearing as Andy was speaking, there was a, uh, I, I was watching this documentary about this ultra runner and she was this incredible woman who would run hundreds of miles, just ridiculous. And, and they showed this documentary as she ran and she was running through the night and often in pain, physical pain. And then you'd see her emotions and the just weeping at one point and then laughing at others. But a lot of it was in these ultra runs and she's running on trails and she's on her own uh, and in the darkness and stumbling and, uh, and, and hurting uh, along the way. And, and at the end, what really struck me was this incredibly strong woman is that she said that what she felt had equipped her to become this world record-breaking ultra runner was the fact that as a child, she, or as a younger person, she had lived with uh, anxiety and gone through anxiety and depression. And she said, having gone through that, what I do here is nothing by comparison. So to see the, the, the hard reality, to understand it, if you've ever run any sort of distance, you know, what it, you know that whole kind of mental game. But it struck me, this incredible strength. But... How, how the Lord had equipped her through that. And, uh, but, it, but also for me, it was a window into the, the pain of, of what, it, what it is um, to be living in that place. Um, Jerry, as, you, as you've, um, like our next bit is like, what do we do with this when we hear these words? Um, where does this take us from today? Um, um, I love uh, Andy saying that we are resurrection people and... Uh, that Jesus has already um, conquered all, 
conquer all the darkness and um, triumph, triumphant over everything. So I, I think that's great. And also, um, the Lord is near, as the passage tells us. Um, so I think I want to focus on the beautiful things that Jesus has done. Uh, his his uh, sacrifice and uh, uh, his, uh, as Lucy says, uh, my new identity in him uh, and just focus on those things. I think instead of, I, I think uh, oftentimes get caught up in, in worldly goals, which are really futile goals. And I, I think that that brings anxiety and confusion. And so I think that's one thing is to focus on Jesus. Um, Andy reminded me in his sermon of a number of things that I've, I have learned along the way and sometimes forget. Um, and yeah, so the, some of the very practical things about go outdoors. Um, there was a time in my life when I used to try to go out for a walk each day. As I walked along, I used to have this little thing running in my head. This is good for my bones, having a good walk. Uh, this is good for my brain, getting the blood to my brain. Um, and it's good for my mood. And, um, and I did it as a discipline, whether I felt down or not. And I've, I've let that slip. So it's reminded me I need to... Some of these things we need to do, even when life is good. Um, and you, you emphasize that, Andy, the, the fact that it should be a, talked about rejoicing being a pattern of life. And if rejoicing and um, if getting out there and being reminded of God's superb generosity in the world, if that's not generally part of my life, then when I'm in a panic, I'm not suddenly going to be able to find it at that stage. That's the time when it's really difficult to connect with it. And so learning to make those things part of my life as a, as a spiritual discipline, in a sense. Um, and that, that reminded me of a, a song I heard this week, um, which talked about <coughs> singing songs in the night. And that's a, ref, a reference to um, Psalm 77. Um, and actually, I just, I just marked it while Andy was speaking, because it really spoke to me this week. It said... Um, you hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. <clears throat> I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. And uh, I was really captivated by that thought of song in the night and being able to sing through a dark time. And you really touched on that today. Um, but again, I can't sing in a dark time if I'm not singing in the good times and again, making that part of a, a pattern of my life to be thankful, to sing in the good times, so in the hard times I have something to remember, even if it's so difficult to sing um, at that time. And then just one last thing that struck me. You talked about societal anxiety. Um, and I think I was thinking that you know our, my parents' generation, my, the women of my parents' generation were the women who were addicted to Valium uh, because of anxiety. So the anxiety has always been there, but I was very struck by what you said about the acute rise in anxiety now, which made me think, okay, my experience is not un 